We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2020 Masters Recap. It has just ended, so we're going to talk about what we saw throughout the week. The Masters Sunday could not have gone up against a shittier Sunday afternoon slate of games. The NFL really did golf a solid here by scheduling the worst possible games up against the end of the Masters. Not that the Masters had any sort of climax to it. I think the climax was at like 11 a.m. when Dustin Johnson maybe put some life into matters. But I do want to let everyone know there are two remaining golf tournaments left in the year. We got RSM this week. We have the OHL Mayakoa, Mayakoba in two weeks' time. So get in on FantasyNational.com, FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get yourself that discount. And we might have a huge announcement coming from Fantasy National in about a month's time. I don't want to give away what it is, but if we can actually pull it off, it's going to be tremendous, and I am very excited to let everyone know about it. Uh, it's like something that you've seen before, but way better, and I'm super excited for it. I'll just I'll leave it at the tease at that. You can like pester up Mike at Moosonomics on Twitter to find out what's going on. Um, yeah, I don't want to spend too much time. Jeff Feinberg is on the line. What's going on, man? Your guy finally won. Yes, we were no longer equal to um, Keegan Bradley in the major count, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, he has more than Sean McKeel now. Um, who else do we have on there? Rich Beam, Todd Hamilton. He has separated himself from that pack. Yeah, I mean, you know me, I'm a year too late on this stuff. I, I was all in on DJ last year. Of course, he loses by one. I'm all out on DJ this year because his odds got too ridiculous, and, and here we are. Yep. Uh, you kind of said it. I remember there were some clutch putts late on DJ uh, in his second place finish last year that would have turned the table for you. Um, yeah, I like you. I didn't have anything on Dustin, although I got in today. Minus 200. That was enough for me. I thought the line was actually disrespectful for one. If any of those top six players that I deem those super elites, that minus 200 – was a very disrespectful line the second he slipped a little. So I had enough um, to cheer about in that regard. But I would say Pat's uh, probably my favorite player since we started doing this. I mean, my favorite player that actually is successful, right? So it's great to see him win that jacket. And now it almost becomes a legacy question with him. I'm not putting him too high up a career rankings but we are now flirting with all-time great discussions once he puts that next one uh in the major category i mean he just got his second one after all this time i don't know if we should be counting the third one for him just you, no, never know, but, you never know how this stuff goes look at rory. rory when rory won his fourth major we were sitting here being like man is he gonna win 10 he hasn't won one since 
I, I understand that, but I just mean you can make the case he's the second best player of a generation. His longevity, his career win streak that has spanned over a decade, like the amount of years he's strung together with wins, the amount of decades he probably will have wins in by the time he is done playing. Um, if we can, like, to get the second one was great because it took us off that joke that we started about. I'm confident we can now get that third one and we'll truly be in a place where he always belonged. He always belonged. If belonged. He's, in my opinion. If he's the second best player of his generation, who's the, who is in his generation? Like, is it Rory? Rory is the, the best player? Question. Yeah. I kind of just went with Rory for that. And obviously I don't include him and, and Tiger, although their careers passed paths crossed and they definitely played in enough majors together it doesn't feel like that so yeah i do kind of look at it um in a big picture um as much as we're still waiting for rory that rory is the best player of a generation and or of his time and dustin probably second and as as those guys get older they'll probably classify in dustin's group but we don't put those guys like rom and justin they're they're a completely different generation are they not I would think so. I mean, I guess the two that you have to throw in there would have to be Spieth and Brooks, wouldn't it? Correct. Although he's kind of, you know, Dustin almost feels like he's in a no man's land because he's older than, he is older than Rory, is he not? He's older. He has so many career wins, such great career consistency and longevity, but all those younger players had such out of the out of the out of the canon major starts to their career that that always put that was always put, shining a spotlight on DJ. Speed did it right away. Brooks did it right away. Um, Rory, you know, he he was collecting trophies right away. As we almost talk about, like Dustin didn't even learn how to chip and putt till he turned thirty. Yeah, Dustin's 36. Like, Rory's still, like, what, just above 30. So, like, yeah, Rory... Dustin finally learned how to chip when we started doing a show together. Yes. I mean that. That's literally when he, like, something happened. Like, he became a very good scrambler of the golf ball. Um, and it didn't happen until he was 30 at all. I'm just trying to think, like, who would be... Like, 36 is such a weird age. Like, Webb, I guess, is his, Bubba? like... But like, yeah, Webb and Bubba are probably his two closest. Yeah, like, I don't know who's been on all those, like, American teams with him over the years. I guess Bubba, Webb goes, it has gone in and out of them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Anthony Kim should have been his counterpart winning his third major this week, right? Uh, yeah. That, like, that, I, who, oh, poor Anthony who's Kim. He should have been here. Yeah, who's his peer? No, that's a good question. Like, who do we count as DJ's peers? The way the sport has sort of taken off, he's kind of in his own range because everyone else we consider super elites are like a decade younger than him. Yeah, how old is Patrick Reed? Reed's not that old, right? Not that old. Not that old. He came out of American college, but hes I don't think he's, uh, he, he, yeah, I don't think it works like that. Yeah, I, I would guess in age, the two closest to him that are like people that we've been around for a long time are like Rory and Ricky. Yeah, and I, yeah, I guess. I mean, you could call Hideki in his peer group too, maybe in terms of like how long. Like I don't know, Jason Day, right? Maybe J- Jason yeah, Day. Jason Day is a good comp. I mean, Dustin's almost ten years older than Hideki, so that's kind of weird. That's crazy. But we met Hideki as a baby, so he feels so much older. But it is scary how young Hideki actually is when you look at his age. Yeah, he's. We just met him. Like, we met him at like seventeen, so he feels like he's thirty-one. Right? Yeah, and like Rory's 31, Ricky's 31, Dustin's 36. Yeah, like Webb Simpson would actually probably be, and Jason Day, the two closest comps in terms of age of like guys who are in his realm. But I want to kind of walk through it a little bit. Uh, You say you hit the minus 200. Congratulations. It wasn't a write-off week for me. I was sweating my Munoz all the way up through. That was kind of nice. But Cam Smith came through with the second place. I briefly let myself into the realm of, Cam Smith can do this. He need, but the thing is, he had to make everything. And as soon as he made bogey at 
six, and then he had the rebound out of the woods. He had some amazing shots, but he was basically doing the Willet from 2016. It's just the guy ahead of him never imploded. Like he kept missing the green, but then up and down every single time. And then at 10, finally, yeah, it ran out for him in terms of like putt luck. Or was it 10 or was it? Yeah, it was 10. 10 to 11, just like he needed. No, he actually hit it on 10. He got uh-huh. the par on 10. That's right. It was 11. Uh-huh. It was 11. He couldn't do it, Pat. I made a magic beans joke. Like he found like they fell out of speed pocket four years ago or two years ago when Cameron Smith collected them somehow. Those two birdies he made on the front nine uh after like the third hole what was it like five and eight where he was in the woods and one was like he got one he cleared the trees and had like a 10 foot uphill putt then the other one that rode the contours and then like almost went in the bunker and got to like two feet that's when i was like yeah it's magic beans this isn't um possible so yeah credit to that i cashed my Corey connor's top canadian and <laughs> i don't know just trying to think it was Definitely a negative EV week, but for a major, I'm I'm good. I'm happy. The guy I like won. I don't know. I would say that the tournament, outside of that moment when we were doing the cut sweat, feels like it was a boring tournament, right? Yeah. Like when we were doing the cut sweat, we had all we had the top three in the world like tied. We were getting so excited. But outside of that window, it feels like it might have been a boring masters, or is that unfair? Uh, it wasn't boring because there was so much golf congested because of the delays. Like going, it's weird going off three and a half hours late because of the <laughs> rain, and then like condensing rounds one and two into each other on Friday, and then rounds two and three together as much as they could like muster on Saturday. It kept everything kind of moving. Uh, I blame two people for it not being the most exciting Sunday. One is obviously Dustin Johnson. Minus 20 is a record at the Masters. Two better than Jordan Spieth the year that he won. Four bogeys over 72 holes is also a record for Dustin Johnson. But I also blame Justin Thomas because Justin Thomas was the one that should have been there with Dustin, and he just started gagging on Saturday. I have no idea what happened. Yes, uh, he had a couple nice bounce back birdies to those ugly bogeys, but they were only letting him keep pace and not stick with Dustin. And I said to you coming in Friday, like if Justin had putted like Dustin those first two days, he'd have been walking away with this thing. We were all just sort of, you didn't want to complain about Justin's putting because he was still scoring. And we know he's had that history of bad scoring starts here. And anytime he sort of gets himself in the mix after the first round, he has an insane win equity. So, like, I didn't want to complain about all the putts that were missed. But, again, when he putts, he wins. And he did not putt this week. Therefore, he will didn't win. I mean, he's the easiest golfer to break down on the planet. Is he not? I think you know his tee to green game is going to be there. Sometimes the driving can get a bit wonky, but he going into the final round of the guys inside the top ten, I believe in terms. I saw the fifteenth. The fifteenth club actually had strokes gained data. I think they were calculating it manually. So shout out Justin Ray for that one. That Thomas and Munoz were the only two players inside the top ten who had negative strokes game putting for the week. Cam Smith was running away with it. I even tweeted out, like, we just need him to continue to have putt luck here. Once that runs out, he's cooked. But he had to step up. And like, every time he was over an eight-foot putt, it had to go in. Every time he was over the 12-foot putt, it had to go in. Like, I had no... He didn't need to be making 35-foot putts. It's just all the ones that everyone else was missing, he had to make. But he had to make it every single time. And he just... Eventually, he ran out of luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is that's sort of exactly what what happened. I don't know. There were those moments this morning. It felt like Rory could do it, and again, another major where nah, disasters. L- listen, R- Rory Coocher now is as I think we should call him. Like he never put himself. He, he never had a single chance to win this event. The broadcast talked about like, well, you know, if he can shoot twenty four on the on the closing nine, he might have a shot to get to Dutch Johnson. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, is is Rory really gonna go? Birdie, par, birdie, eagle, birdie, eagle, birdie, birdie, birdie. Like, no, he's not. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, but I will say Rory lost his chance to actually win the event on 12 yesterday when he was on a effing heater and he three-putted from 10 feet for bogey. He hits that putt for birdie. He goes into 13, and I swear to you, it would have felt very real. It would have felt very real yesterday as he crossed his front – 
nine. At least that's my opinion. But Pat, I'll tell you, if they put up a 2020 win odds right now, I'd bet Rory with the Chargers right now. We're five months out. It feels like inevitable. Maybe I'm the, a sucker idiot, but I, I mean, it's like this guy's got to win a Masters. Like, well, I don't think how he doesn't. Well, well, we'll try to catch because the odds should be released uh, tomorrow for the 2020 Masters, which I believe is only 144 days away. That's kind of exciting. 2021. The 2021 Masters, yeah, sorry. So we'll try to guess some of those odds towards the end of it. Uh, I just want to talk about a few more of these guys. Like, did you think, like, I know you said the minus 200 was good value and you jumped in on that, and I, I agree with you. If I hadn't been riding, like, the, the Cam Smith each way, it just kind of carries my week. Plus, Tim betting me Bryson would miss the cut and me having ah. him to make the cut. Well, that really worked out well for me. I think that's enough to pay you off uh, in terms of our Matthew Wolf two bets that I made with you. And then I ended up winning one and done, which was nice. So we can start all of this back over. I think you and I end up as a push from the one and done. Tim just owes me a bunch of money. Plus, Cam Smith money's yeah. very nice. I Oh, go ahead. Sorry, that's honestly how it often works is me and you just always end up pushing stuff in the end. Our, our total, our water finds its level, and Tim always just owes you money. That's how it's been our entire time together. Yeah, poor Tim. At least he's Tim too rich. Even the Ander curse couldn't get Dustin, but I thought for a moment. I, I let myself believe that Smith or Sungjae, and obviously I was rooting for Smith, had a, a legitimate chance to win this after like six or so holes. I didn't expect Dustin... Like the way that he kind of put the hammer down on the on the closing on the second nine, as they have to say at the Masters, was really impressive. Like just back to back to back birdies. It reminded me a little bit of his performance at the Travelers in the final round. Yes, and I will say in my private correspondence today, the biggest moment was that he bogeyed five and then he sticks the par three six to like seven feet and hits that putt. And it had to be two great shots, the shot, the approach and the putt, because his two bogey misses um, for bogey previous were essentially the exact same distance. So that putt, in my opinion, like was the biggest sigh of relief. We will be fine um, here all day. And I, I was calling for it. Even the second Cam Smith missed the birdie putt on 13. I begged in my personal correspondence, even though he was in the fairway, DJ's just got to lay up here. Just lay up. You lay up. Even on 15. Lay up now. We've seen guys go long, short, all week. Um, you gotta play, you've got to play the score as much as like your own career best or whatever right now, despite being in the fairway, at least on 13. I, I was stunned about the amount of restraint that he had on a lot of these shots, just even hitting it to the center of the green on 12, because that was the one chance the rest of the field had. He didn't need to go full Tiger on number 12, but just him trying to get a bit too aggressive, putting it in the water, essentially doing what Spieth did in 2016 uh, and making it an eight or something like that. That was the only way anyone got back. But it was very reminiscent of a lot of Dustin Johnson rounds in the past. And this is the fifth time he had a 54-hole lead at a major, the first time he ends up closing it. Now, it's a four-shot lead. It's a little bit different than a lot of the other ones that he had. But just the, I'm going to hit it to like 20 feet, uh, and I'm going to two-putt. That's what he tried to do at Harding Park earlier this year, except Morikawa caught fire, shot a 64, and just lapped everyone. Like, that was... The, the two-putt pars from the middle of the fairway wasn't good enough, but once it became clear that he could do that, uh, basically threw Amen corner all the way out, and then he just started making the 20-foot putt, so it didn't matter. It didn't matter. And all we... To your kind of point, all we really wanted... I'm happy with the outcome. If I had to pick a winner who I didn't bet on, this would probably have been the first pick I could have made. Uh, anyone who knows that knows me knows I'm probably being dead serious there. I do wish it became like a two man super elite elite race, like two guys on that back nine, not not a Cam Smith, not a Sungjae, whether it be Brooks, Rory, Dustin, uh, Justin, Rom, whoever. Uh, so that yeah, I don't know because I can't wait till we see like in April when it's two guys going for minus twenty three to win this thing. And we'll know that, like, as they turn through Amen Corner. Did you see the big score of the week? 200K? No. I don't know what we're talking about. Ryan Baroff won the 555 on DraftKings for $200,000. Oh. Wow! 
Yeah, for, former uh, Golf Landia co-host turned political commentator over the last three weeks. Back into golf all of a sudden, wins 200K. Shout out Ryan, host of the DFS Open that we went to last year. That's awesome to see. I'm so pumped for him. Cam, he had Cam Champ in that lineup, and Champ was seven over between two par threes in the final round. But I think he made like seven other birdies. Was Rose in this lineup? Yeah, Rose was in the lineup. Yeah, he, he messaged. We were corresponding on the weekend. He was like complaining to me about Rose. I'm like, you're complaining to the wrong guy about Justin Rose bogeys. But I can't believe that. I like you. I am legitimately, like, genuinely, incredibly happy um, for Ryan. All around good guy in the space. I've gotten to meet him now on multiple occasions. Uh, I'm fired up. That's amazing. Yes. So I look forward to tuning into Golf Landy. I assume Wiley and Ryan are going to put that out on Monday evening, like very late, or Tuesday morning. So that should be a fun one. Nice victory lap when the lineup was Dustin and Justin Thomas. Uh, those were the two payups. And then it was a quadruple pay down. Cam Smith, Lee Westwood, Cameron Champ, and Justin Rose was the rest of the team. Like I feel like we could have got to that team. I didn't use Dustin, so my DraftKings week was not great. Uh, that was a pure ownership fade. I ended up going with I Bryson. I could have gone to that team, but except yeah, it, Rose, but I could have replaced Rose. Yeah, I mean, just as well. Rose came T23. Like you could have, you could have left money on the table and used Shane mm-hmm. Lowry. That probably would have been about the same. I think, like as a logical person to go to. Oh, that's amazing! Oh wow! Whew. Uh, Louis would have been actually the direct pivot off of Rose. He also came T23, so I think it would have worked with Louis as well. Correct. Um, do you have any thoughts on on Bryson? I feel like it just he got bad breaks and didn't go his way. I, I, I think he's still going to crush this place. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, I know hey, when, when we talk here in a second about what we think the opening odds are going to be for 2021 Masters, uh, I'm curious to see where this Bryson number falls. Uh, he wasn't going to win, obviously. He got himself going. It was a lot like Rory. He got himself going too bad on Thursday. He still finished two under after the first round. But, like, the turning point of his entire week was losing that ball on number three that they found 30 seconds later. It, it fucked him. <laughs> I still want that that marshal or person who approached him on four to say, here's the ball, to be banned for life, Pat. He should. That guy should be banned for life. You know, it's like, oh, Mike, Mike, you hand Mike Trout the ball he just struck out on? Like, who is this guy? Like, who does that? Who You want to be corny and cheeky? Do it after the round. Like, are you – you got to be a psychopath to think you should you, – you are in the right to approach Bryson with that ball. As he's teeing off on four. And didn't he go on a bogey train? Yeah, he made triple, then a bogey afterwards. And I think he birdied, then bogeyed again. It seemed to rattle him a lot. I actually, I, he, I watched his interview post-round four. What did Bryson end up coming anyway? 30-something? 34th. T-34. Tied with Siwoo Kim. Congratulations. And Adam Scott. Uh, and that guy, Andy Ogletree, who looks like Kenneth from 30 Rock, the amateur. But I, I don't know. It's, he complained about dizziness, which I thought was really weird. Um, obviously, I don't think he would just say that to say it. He said his body felt fine, but just like in his head, like maybe the, maybe there was so much talk about him coming off the U.S. Open. Maybe just the pressure got to him, to be perfectly honest, which I could see. It happens to a lot of people. I think that is totally fair. And it was a total role reversal, right? Like it had been a really nice story up until this point. I was one of many who who touted and, and cashed a 28 to one at the U.S. Open, but 28 to one guys win all the time over 25, you know, between 25 and 40 to one. And he literally then became like the hunt. He was hunting everybody, and then he it was his first event as the hunted. If that makes any sense, he made all those body changes, the swing changes, everything to hunt down Rory McIlroy, to hunt down Brooks Koepka, to hunt down Dustin Johnson. And he did. And he did successfully and he did it rather quickly. And then all of a sudden he showed up here and it was his turn to get hunted and he wasn't ready for it. So, yeah, that probably did cause a headache in a tummy ache here or there. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that everything just got thrown off track for him, especially being like secluded at Augusta. And maybe it's you know, maybe I'm trying to make excuses for him, but. 
know, maybe just throws him. He seems like a very routine-based person. And then once you push like the tea times into one day, it, it's the same disadvantage that everyone had to play with. And he needs to learn how to adjust to these sort of things. But it does feel like he needs to go through his pro, almost like Tiger is at this point, where we saw Tiger on Saturday when he played like twenty holes and like played even par when everyone else was going super low. Like you just you can't have that at this point. Everything kind of needs to break right for him. And now he needs to work on that. That and wedge play. Those are the two things he needs to work on. I 100% agree with you, but in totally different like aspects. Like Tiger playing too much golf is bad. Bryson and the daylight and the time change fucks him up because he can't have that spaz session on the range when he shoots two under on Thursday. It's pitch black. Like everyone's home. He can't get like two more hours in of, of practice. Uh, how Tong style. If that's, you know, we've seen him do that at majors. Had he missed the cut on Friday, he would, could have been at the range if it wasn't pitch black. That's just what he does. Um, and I was making those jokes as I thought he was missing the cut, Saturday, uh, which was Saturday morning, Pat. That Remember the last time he missed the cut embarrassing at a major, that PGA championship? He rattled off like back-to-back FedEx Cup wins after that. So I don't know when he plans to tee it up next. Ugh. Still the chalk in this on this tour as far as I'm concerned. I think that we might end up getting a decent number, not a good number on Bryson for some, like one, whatever the next event is, because people are going to take a look at it. And just because he didn't, it, it's funny that he's reached the territory is that, oh, he didn't contend at Augusta in 2020. Therefore, everything that he's done hasn't worked. Can, everyone kind of forgets he just won the U.S. Open and he had won in Detroit before. They has two wins since the restart since doing this. I'd say what he's done was an overwhelming success. And I don't think that people are going to treat it that way. I hope they do. Any Well, I don't know. I look at it two ways. And you know me through the eyes of a Mr. Kepka who had a fantastic week, Pat. And when we break those odds down at the end here, I fully expect a Xander ejection and a healthy Kepka to take his place among the big boys. When we, when we discuss those, but Brooks was very polite about not poking the Bryson bear this week. Cause he was probably as afraid as anybody, but he sent out like calm. He was commenting on he, but this morning he was sending out like laughing emojis to tweets that were making fun of Bryson. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but I don't respect that. Cause I think any framing of Bryson being a failure in any regard is insane. I think his only downfall is he has zero self-awareness. So he doesn't understand what he's putting out there when he says my par is 67. He's just, the, he's like got Asperger's and just like being honest. Yeah. But well, he doesn't I, realize. I, see, I, 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 again, I completely disagree with the zero self-awareness. I just don't think that he cares. I don't. Some of the stuff, the videos he puts out, I can only pray to God it's self-aware. It's a lack of self-awareness, but I freaking love the guy. I'm a super fan. He can do no wrong for me, and I'm with you. I, I feel that anybody taking shots off just this one performance based on the body of work that his redo has 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 shown is totally misguided and entirely unfair. You know, look what ty- like guys go to the Masters and have bad rounds, catch bad breaks, don't contend. It's not like he... No, we lost Jeff? That's not great news. We'll try to get him back on the line here. Uh, I'm going to go over the DK Millie Maker winning lineup to see if we could have got to this, because I'm always very curious to go look at who ended up winning. So shout out someone named E.P. What do we got here? EP3550. Hopefully that's Eric Patterson. I don't think it is, but hopefully it is. Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson. Uh, so the double build above $10,000 ended up being the way to go. Sungjae, Cameron Smith. So both the guys in second. Cameron Champ scored an outrageous amount of points this week. For a guy who came in T19th, he scored 93.5 fantasy points, which is just crazy. Abraham Answer was the other player in that lineup. So... Abraham Answer was minus eight. Cameron Champ was minus six. Abraham Answer scored 80 DraftKings points. Cameron Champ scored 93 and a half. Um, oh, man, he, he should have just used Munoz instead of Answer. Munoz had 85 and a half. I really wanted Munoz to come through for me. The back-to-back double bogeys on the front nine was such an absolute killer. 
But, I mean, when you bet on Sebastian Munoz and you really need him to come inside the top five, the fact that we had a sweat going in the first place over anything, you know, it was kind of worth it at the time. I think I had like 18 total dollars on it uh, at 2,500 to one, which, you know, it makes for a very intriguing sweat. It was nice to have. Jeff, are you back on the line? I am back on the line. I think my wife tried to call me, which which kind of cut me off. And you know what? I'm just replaying something I said. I actually want to take back the boring masters. I mean, maybe it became a boring back nine and and a ceremony walk, but but you are 100% right, Pat. The second the days crossed over into each other, it created a level of anticipation. And Saturday morning with that cut line was freaking amazing. As much as I didn't like how it went, uh, it was fantastic watching that speed cut and and before it and after it and weird. So, yeah, I kind of take back. I don't want to get cold. I don't. I, I take back the boring masters. No such thing. That's what I'll say. I, I was pretty dejected when the cut was actually happening on Saturday morning. That we know that they have cameras on every single hole, and the fact that they couldn't figure out. They were letting us know what was going on with the cut line, although Faldo, Faldo seemed very confused about what was going on. For a guy who won back-to-back Masters, I guess he never really had to worry about the cuts. Maybe he doesn't even know what the cut line rules are. He was too busy winning, Shooter McGavin style. But like they should have been showing us every shot. Cabrera Bayo, Spieth, Weir, Bryson, like everyone, Finau, and just we didn't get any of it. We just got the guys who were already in. Like That would have been a perfect time to really showcase like, Hey, here's why golf's exciting. Here's where this cut line is exciting. They had most of the time, they don't have the technology in place. Uh, That's usually what ends up happening. It's like, Oh, we don't have cameras on Ted Potter jr. But they had cameras everywhere here. They could have cut back to it. I was really hoping for like the final four holes. We would have got it. Instead. It's me on fucking the masters app trying to tweet it out as we go along. Uh, yep. I do uh, agree. I thought you were doing a pretty good job. You were keeping me in the loop. (laughs) So I appreciate your efforts. Um, So big Sunday for some guys. Obviously, if you had bet Munoz, I had the top five. Obviously, that didn't cash. He did end up coming T19. So you could have cashed your T20s probably at a split, depending on what book you were at with Sebastian Munoz. Nice debut for him. Nice debut for him, obviously. But I think it's really important for... For Telly, who ended up coming uh, minus 11, tied with Rory uh, at number at, at tie for fifth. CT Pan, who got really hot towards the end of the second nine. I think he made three, three birdies in a row at one point. He tied for seventh. Corey Connors got a top 10. He tied for 10th Thank with you, Webb Tim. and Reed. Everyone inside the top 12 gets an invite back, regardless of what happens. I think it's huge for those three guys. Yes, and thank you, Tim, for inspiring Corey Connors, baby. Oh, yeah. Love that. I forgot about that. He guaranteed Connors would miss the cut on Friday. Yeah, he finished top 10. He had a heater Saturday. Uh, Cash my top Canadian. I thought I was sweating Weir and Taylor there for a little. I imagine Connors is going to be a pretty popular RSM pick tomorrow, Pat, uh, uh, to be perfectly honest. Uh, uh, yeah, good. what a showing. Yeah, and then maybe we should think about this. And do you, How much do you think the November Masters played different than the April Masters? Because I really don't know. It seemed, I think that the conditions for the first two days really kind of threw a cloud of mystery over it. Like, it was warm enough, but it was so rainy, and the course was so receptive for the first two, and, and even in the mornings, it was so receptive. Like, did Dustin get to minus 20 because he played that well, or did the course just play way easier? It does seem like the course played exceptionally more receptive than we've ever seen. Even on Thursdays where they, you know, they'll let these guys go out there and score. Um, the, the weather, the hard rain, guys were, were, guys were pin stalking to tight locations that we historically don't see here. So in that respect, and there was a lot of moisture, a lot of those runoffs that would take the balls down, I think we're holding, especially behind the green for as slippery as it was in front of the green on 15, early in the week behind, nothing was getting to the water. Everything was getting held up because of the moisture um, in in the greens. But I don't know. The right guy won. I'm not surprised we broke a scoring record. Uh, all in all, I'd say, at least on the weekend, it played pretty much to the Masters. It was, it was fast. Maybe not as hard and crusty as you would hope, but it, it, it played fast. 
it it sped up as the week ended up going along. I think the people that made the best adjustments, obviously Dustin and Cam Smith, both made excellent adjustments on the green. What did you make of Sung Jay's Sunday? It seemed so weird to me. Like, he was doing sort of the Bush League version of what Cam Smith was doing. Like, the guy could not hit an approach to save his life. Yeah, I mean, I already got off to the hot start. He kind of scared me because he's a Bermuda, he's a Bermuda guy, and there were a lot of those debutants sort of loitering, and and Zan, and even like Abe Answer, Pat, he was trying to tell himself anything. I know it didn't work for him today, but even Dottie said, "Yes, he was talking to Abe about being a first timer," and he's like, "I don't know what the big deal is. Guys go to courses they've never been to all the time and win for the first time." <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but usually in those cases, like everyone's going for the first time or something. Or I don't know, it's not as um, pronounced. But a lot of guys had nice little rounds. I don't. Im was all over the place. I don't really know what to make of it because there was a little bit of both. Because even his chip on number three, on what was it, number three, was one of the best shots of the day in the first like 90 minutes of leaders. Well, there was that. I think that if we get a situation now that he's passed the first time here, ends up coming in second in his first start. If we revert back to like a windy Masters or a to like really difficult Masters, like every fourth or fifth year we end up getting that, he is super live at one of those. He'll be popular tomorrow morning because of this great showing and being a debutant. But I expect he'll stay popular, Pat, because once we go back on schedule, the Masters follows Florida and Sung Jay makes money everywhere, but but Florida looks like it's going to be his sweet spot. We were there. I was there when he won at the Honda last year. So I expect him to, to also have form going into next year's Masters, well, just on the schedule. Well, remember you were saying that you always thought that like Bay Hill was a good comp course for this? Lo and behold, Mark Leishman comes out of nowhere, ends up with the top 15. Okay, you want to talk about – we'll get to the big boys in the top of the board. I can't hold this in anymore. Mark Leishman is a guy whose number I will look at tomorrow morning. Um, remember, he won Torrey Pines, he won Bay Hill, and he goes here in like that 35, 40 to 1, like Hatton territory maybe even. Now, if he can just – and we his game was so lost, like embarrassing. Like tour championship, like 30 of 30 or, or just some nut low. like And he literally was lost as, as some guys get this time. But if they want to hang up, a Leishman number that's not representative of Mark Leishman and the comp courses and his master success tomorrow. That's a long range future. I could be looking at. I'm just trying to think of who else would kind of fit into that mix. Like this year's Bay Hill was a bit trickier because it was so windy and it played so hard. He did come in second, but he had the previous win there. Like I just don't like Hatton ended up missing the cut. I believe he did. I just don't feel like Augusta is going to ever be a Hatton course. Just the same way that I never feel like it's going to be a Webb course. Webb ended up coming 10th. He had a nice weekend. I just don't feel like this course suits him whatsoever. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I don't disagree with that at all. I, I don't know how you help these guys. Because even if they put in some like ball restrictor flight thing, then they're just so much farther back all right, like than they already are. So yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how, yeah, I don't see it for them at this, at this course. I don't know. The guys that, there's two guys that tied for 17th, one for 19th. And I think it's kind of interesting. Like the, they just never made a blip. You expected them to go on a run at some point. It never happened. Xander, Cantley, and Scheffler. It's just like they treaded water. Like Cantley had a bad weekend. Horrible weekend for Cantley because he was eight under and a shot off the lead when he teed off on Saturday for round three. Um, it is funny, though, that they both finished seven and under. And one of my big like narrative talking points from the betting board this week was to me, they are the same guy. Like they are to me the same class of golfer. And here they are. They they tied. And I think um, no disrespect to Xander. He's got to get ejected from like that 16 and under group as it pertains to an event like do you think that he knows that he's being priced up with like Bryson? I don't have a clue, but I respect like his consistency and how well he plays Pat. But now, I mean, remind me if I'm wrong, he, it's kind of been really long since he's won a tournament and he's not Brooks Kepka. When was the last time that he won? Was it the tournament of champions like two years ago? 
He lost in the play. JT and Reed lost in the playoff. Reed and Xander lost in a playoff there this year. Did he win that last year where he blitzed Woodland? Yeah. Might have been. You're right. That was either two or three years ago. Like, he's starting to kind of become Hideki? Uh, no, Hideki's 2016. It's like, he'd have to be double, double. He's not quite there yet. But I'm just saying, for a guy that consistently lives in this price, he doesn't win. Like, John Rom doesn't have a major, but John Rom wins a lot. Like, he wins a lot, right? Like a lot, and I'm not comparing them, but but I'll accept John Rom down there. I cannot accept Xander there. I can't. I can't yet. Tiger. If you what about him? If you threw out Tiger's twelfth hole today, he would have shot seven under. <laughs> if he just made par on the twelfth hole, he would have shot seven under in the final round. Amazing. Amazing. Can you do we still go into next year thinking we'll just bet Tiger at Royal St. George's on our Christmas show like we did this year? Well, yeah, I do think that's going to be the place where it comes down to him. But I'm maybe let's maybe we should talk about this now. We'll talk about Tiger. We'll talk about the odds a little bit of what we think they're going to be. Where do you think Tiger opens at for the 2021 Masters? Because I think that he kind of proved this week that just back him here regardless. I know that the result wasn't what you wanted it to be, but it was so like he finished at minus 1 in a tie for 38th. Like he could have been 13 under very easily as strange as that sounds. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything you said. It kind of just made you reevaluate as much as I didn't want to touch him this week. I do feel like we won't get any good number. Like if you want to bet Tiger 5 months in advance I, I don't know. I, I don't see Tiger being like ahead of 25 to one. Like he'll just be like planted there. 20, 25 to one. You don't think that we end up with like a 40 or something like that? No, we won't get his true odd. If you're, if you are hungry enough to bet it, you won't get his true odd. Now, Pat, when he struggles in California, maybe to start the year, that's when maybe you go look or, or week of tournament week of tournament. When everyone is off him, like we kind of were this week. Maybe we just got to be willing to go to the well um, with it. I, I don't know. But I don't think you're getting a number tomorrow. I, I, I don't. You got to be really like a crack addict, addict to like need it tomorrow. And I think the books know that. <laughs> you, well, there are going to be people that I, mean, I wouldn't be scared to go. You put it this way. Anyone who finished inside the top 10, you don't want to bet tomorrow. Like CT Pan's going to open it like 60 to one or something like something stupid like that. Yeah. And like is going to open it like 45. You just be like, you know what? Let me just let the five months unfold and then I'll see. Right. What did Spieth end up at? Spieth ended up at even for the day. Didn't he make like four birdies in a row at one point? He did too. I, I think it comes down to Spieth and tiger regardless of the form that they come into the masters with if you're gonna get a discount on them i I might be inclined you never really get the tiger discount although he was kind of trending that way this year as he was what he ended at 45 to 1 something like that if he's 45 to 1 tomorrow i'll probably bet tiger to win the masters you know what i I mean i agree with you i'm not really looking to bet anybody but I'll be crazy enough to say if they want to post something stupid on Jordan Spieth and I'll give him another half year to figure it the F out. As much as you guys think I have like deadlocked opinions on him, I, I believe he's going to win again. So yeah, if they throw something stupid up on Spieth and he's got another half year that kind of counts as an off season. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I would be tempted to do to do that. And even another guy I make fun of Pat, like if they throw up those pre-tournament Rose odds, like you're telling me he can't have a great start to the year and be in that 30 to one convo. Like as much as I make jokes, it's freaking Justin Rose. Like if they give those pre-tournament Rose odds tomorrow, that's another guy I think you'd have to look at strongly. So what, let's just try to, before we jump into like the very top end guys, and then we'll close with that. What would the Leishman number have to be for you to bet it tomorrow? A hundred? Cause we probably get better yeah. than that. Yeah, it'd have to be like, it'd have to be really big. It'd have to be really big, Pat. But I saw some people with like 40 to ones this week that they bet after like Tory and Bale this year. Yeah, uh, Raza <laughs> had one of those. <laughs> you, yeah. And I think he went off at like 200 to one by, by the time it was over. So what would have to be the number on speed then? 100 to one? Because you're not going to get that. Uh, honestly, any he went off this week at what, 70 or 80? Yeah. I honestly think that I would do it. I would look in it or condone it. 
because it's again just a belief that in a half year he goes to Pebble Beach, he has a great little start, and then things are kind of fine again, and he shows up here with confidence instead of loss. Like if you they, they give you his pre-tournament odds, sort of like the same way you kind of spoke about Tiger. I'm not comparing them, but but you just have to trust that like a half year maybe we can get it back, and he wins at Pebble and he has nice runs and. And he's going off at thirty to one. <laughs> all right, so let's let's set the the odds on what we think. We'll we'll just all congregate towards DraftKings Sportsbook if they don't have it out. Then we'll try to find somewhere else to compare. What do you think Spieth opens at for the twenty twenty one Masters? I'm going to say forty five to one. That's my guess. Yeah, I was going to say fifty. They're not hanging shit. Yeah, like they know anyone who like you said anyone who is lining up to bet. Next year's Masters, the day after this year's Masters. I know it's only 144 days away, but they're going to give you some pretty shitty lines to go bet and to be, basically go fuck yourself lines. Who is the favorite? It's going to be DJ, but what's his price? Because he went off at 8-1 to one this week. Is he going to be like 6-1, to 7-1? one, seven to one? Seven, seven fifty. I don't think they can really change the price. Like, uh, To me, the books look at those guys as I do. In many ways, they're interchangeable. As great as DJ played this week, uh, you can't go lower because there's just too many really good ones. But because he won, I'll say seven, seven fifty. All right, I'm good. I'm good with seven fifty. I'm going to go look at these tomorrow when they come out. Rom next year plus fourteen hundred, fourteen to one. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I it'd be easier for. I'm more comfortable projecting the order in which they are than the actual prices. All right. So yeah, let's do that, that then. So. Dustin number one, Rory Bryson. number two, JT. Tied. You think JT and Rory are tied? No, I think Bryson and Rory are tied. I really do. I think the books are going to give them a mulligan. If they're tied, what, and that, what does that make them? A like ten to one? Yeah, nine, nine fifty. Rory and Bryson. Yeah, ten. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the books might juice up Bryson a little bit. I really do. And not to 20 to 1, but like 14 to 1 or something. Who's playing Monday Night Football tomorrow? Because they post a 14 to 1, I'll be trying to turn it into a 28. Paul had the piece, by the way. The one that we talked about after the cut sweat show, that UFC fighter was plus 180. That was the person. Ah, yeah. Exactly. Um, I I, I still think it's... uh, I'm still gun to my head. I think... I would predict Bryson to come in ahead of Rory, but I'll think I think they give us a tie there. See, I think that Rory and Justin Thomas end up being like tied for second or two and three, and then it's Bryson and Robin Brooks. See, but doesn't this go to your whole thing? How unsexy and unpopular and unpolarizing Justin Thomas is. I mean, he just came fourth, though. <laughs> I understand that, but I don't think that holds more weight than Bryson's half year. And I wouldn't be shocked. I love Justin Thomas. I had money on him this week. I wish he sort of survived yesterday to make today entertaining. I, I'm guessing what the books are going to do. I still think it's it's a Bryson world. Like, I, I do. He gets so much attention. He takes more blind money. Um, in projecting how the books do it, I have Bryson ahead. Now, I agree with you. Bryson and Justin should probably be tied in a real-world situation. But I don't think the books will do that. Does that mean like Brooks, Rom, and JT then are all the same price? JT comes in ahead. Um, and then Rom and Brooks. Rom and Brooks. So does that mean like the, the max you're going to get on Rom or Brooks then, if they're the last of that tier, is, 16, is, is probably 16 to 1. Who is the next guy then? Is it still Xander, but he's now like 25? It's Xander, and they still might show at 18 tomorrow, but I think it's a stone-cold Xander is alone. Like, who is even in that? Yeah, it's Xander by himself. Xander, it would be Xander, Cantlay, potentially, although I think he would be deeper, but they might just put Tiger at 25-1. to (laughs) Yes, and then Reed, because Reed went off at 28 this year, and he's given no reason to not go off to be priced in that same range. And Bubba, sort of like the other guys, being a horse for a course kind of guy, I think is still going to sneak around there. 
Yeah, I think you just wait with, like, if you wanted to bet Bubba for the Masters next year, you just wait on the number because he'll have some sort of disastrous tournament. And then he's the one guy, although he is a horse for the course, his odds are never real. Like, you could have bet him to win the Masters four weeks ago before, like, Shearwood, and he had those two top tens. He was still, like, 75 to 1. Correct. To your point, other, like, sort of elite, well-known golfers, they don't really budge the number even if the golfer has bad form. Bubba... His bad form, we see the numbers for futures change in a way like it wouldn't ever for Brooks, as long as he's walking. Oh, you know who might be 25 to 1, now that I think about it? Sungjae. Matt Wolf? Oh, yeah, sure, if you need that tomorrow. Yeah, just for the, like, the initial release, like coming off a second place finish, he was someone people really enjoyed to bet pre-COVID break, and this is the first time he's like been the guy. If they threw a 60 to one out there on Scheffler, would you consider betting that? I mean, I feel like that's what we're going to get anyway. You're probably right, but I guess there could be the sense that he's really about to like lift off, but he'd have to really, yeah, you're probably right. You'd see that 60. Like I, I don't see him having jumped like day or who are some of the other like jabronis who would be in that range. He wouldn't have jumped day or Reed or Hideki or Xander or Cantlay or Fleetwood even for that matter. Louie would probably still be higher than him. Like all those guys, like on the, the third tier down, he might join them, but I still feel like he's behind them in terms of, like the betting public still doesn't know who he is. No, of course not. He's still not even Matt Wolf or Morikawa. I mean, he's obviously for obvious reasons. Yeah, well, he's probably the same price as like Westwood is, although Westwood probably not going to qualify for the 2021 Masters. Correct. Also not a guy I'd advise betting tomorrow. Just the fact that like there was any life, like whatever. Well, all... any positive TV time for him. Oh yeah. His, his number is going to be crushed. Hatton's probably the guy you want to bet at RSM, but I'm going to do my RSM first look show on Monday. And then I will do the full show on Wednesday for DraftKings picks. Only two more tournaments this year to play DraftKings for uh, golf, and then it's going to be full-time football. Then we're going to do it all over again, starting in the new year with me and you, Jeff. It's probably the last time that we'll talk golf, like albeit like briefly at the end of the football pick show, until we do like our Christmas content, like major preview, and like we do our draft and all that fun stuff. So, any final Masters thoughts? I, no, I kind of feel like I said it all. I don't know. Tall glass of water gets his green jacket and. Don't sweat, people, because it's already the middle of November. So that season preview show Pat's referring to, we're literally doing in a month. Yeah, it's going to be yeah <laughs> dropping in probably just over 30 days. Anyway, Jeff Feinberg, follow him on Twitter at GFeinberg17. You can catch him on Wednesday mornings on the Pat Mayo Experience, week 11 spread pick show then week 12 we'll probably do two shows for that with thanksgiving coming uh anyway that'll do it for me thank you all for watching i hope you won some cash at the majors or you just enjoyed watching the masters as well sign up to fantasynational.com slash mayo get yourself a discount for those final two tournaments and i'll be back on monday with golf and football I'll see you then okay i'm pat mayo i'll see you next time for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.